everybody. Hey, hi. I blew it. Uh, hey, everybody. My name is Jeff May. Welcome to another glorious episode of Jeff Has Cool Friends. I am Jeff. Obviously, I've done that introduction. And I have cool friends. And I have a very cool friend to bring you today. She is one of my favorite comedians and people uh, in Los Angeles. I love doing shows with her. I love doing podcasts with her. She's a comedian. She's a podcaster. She's a writer. She is an all-around badass. Ladies and gentlemen, Anna Valenzuela. Anna, hi. Oh my God, Jeff, that was so, I'm going to listen to that part of the podcast every time I feel down about myself. That was so lovely. Thank you so much. What a great intro. You are, you're cool as hell, man. Like You're like, so cool. I, when you started this podcast about having cool friends, I was like, oh, I hope I can be a cool friend someday. And now I am. I'm here. I made it. It, it is one of those <laughs> things. It's funny because it's, uh, it's a biweekly show. Um, that I book myself. So pain in the ass to book this show. It, it is, uh, it really? is weird. well, because everybody's first off, I don't want to just keep bringing comedians on. If I wanted sure. to do a comedian interview podcast, I could do a every two day podcast and never run out of people. Yes. Um, but that, I think that sort of defeats it's very, I think that's masturbatory when comedians have podcasts where they just like interview other comedians. And I'm always oh, like, you mean a, a comedian loves an echo chamber of their own thoughts and opinions, just right? constantly mirroring back at them, hopefully from a sycophant that just wants to yeah. <laughs> just wants to be near them. <laughs> I like to, I like to mix it up a little bit, but sometimes opportunities present themselves where, you know, you see somebody and you're like, Oh, like I need you on the show and with scheduling. And it's like, bam, like, I I wanted I wanted Anna Valenzuela on the show. Aww. I actually have I think unless unless scheduling is weird, uh, I have another comic. So this will be the first time I think in the show that I'm going to have two comedians back to back, and you are one of them. And I have another one scheduled. It's a comedian cluster. And will, I'm here. I will add scheduling means nothing in the podcast world because everybody like I get so many people. I get so many cancellations and it's not to anybody's necessarily fault, but they're like, yeah, my kid is sick or, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm in Denver right now or something. And I'm like, ah, never mind. I guess I'll just scramble or go myself. I have explosive diarrhea. Although the Denver one, you can easily I feel like you can work around that, but people are, people be wilding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, what's great is doing a podcast where somebody is on hotel Wi-Fi while they're talking <laughs> into their laptop speaker. Fair, 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 fair. It's, there is um, nothing, nothing worse than a, a holiday and express this Wi-Fi connection. Um, I mean, we've known each other for quite some time. I feel yeah. like we've known each other for you, since I started close to 10 years, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. I'll be eight years in, or maybe it's eight years in already. Like 2015 or 2014. 2014 so okay so that because I, I i'm pretty sure i remembered this but i wasn't a hundred percent sure we met at nerd melt yes we did r.i.p to we, a real one <laughs> we, we met at nerd melt you were you were relatively new uh, mm -hmm. there i had been at the open mic for quite some time and and started to get my footing and spoiler alert it was the best club in la that got shut down by a developer yeah uh property in la is worth more than art so that oh no i was gonna say our first conversation we compared tooth loss we both are missing teeth uh, yes. from poverty <laughs> yes we are between po poverty and uh, combat sports yes exactly but that's it because i am missing two now i'm missing two teeth i have one uh-huh down here yeah. 
and I'm down there. So you, and you've got one in the back, which uh -huh. means we can still be hot as because our church teeth are fine. The church teeth are fine. You got to keep. I always tell them, I'm like, put your mouth guard in because you yeah. got to keep your church teeth. All right, those are the expensive ones. Yeah, <laughs> I always treat it. I treat my mouth like an iceberg. It's just like, well, it doesn't look so bad up top, but in the bottom, things. Are really <laughs> we um, should uh, go to lunch sometime, but only eat soft foods and like just soups. get <laughs> yeah, just a, just a, a soup and flan experience. <laughs> um, but you, so you you became you really leaned into sort of the the roast battle genre for a while and i think yeah. you've kind of pulled away completely yeah and i think a lot of people have from roast battle i think roast mm -hmm. battle was a great uh experience experiment i think there's been some taint um with some of the people that were connected to it and so it was mm -hmm. like i'm gonna maybe not a guy that slept with a child maybe i'm not gonna do his show and <laughs> sorry jeff ross but you're a, an enemy of the pod and you start <laughs> that way so <laughs> you ended up making it you did roast battle you were doing it for quite some time yeah uh, you were getting one heck of a reputation to the point where when they did the inaugural roast battle television series you were on that yeah i was on well i was on season two and kind of how it all oh, happened is i then. no you're fine uh I, well uh, the inaugural one is interesting because that nobody who actually roast battles really did it there was like a couple of people but like the first season was like it was it wasn't like the people who actually kind of built the show and and not that I was one of the people that built the show. I was kind of like a second gen, you know, like uh, I was the I was the uh, uh, next generation Starship yeah, Enterprise. You were, the, not... you were the wharf of. Uh... Yes. Oh, OK. Or, or like uh, the, the Foxy therapist lady. Uh, Dana Troy. Yeah. Yeah. Dana Troy. Yeah. Um, but say, I do like you can't say Beverly Crusher because that's my girl and that would make it weird. Yeah, no, no, no. Or I would say actually probably more Worf uh, or the Lady Klingons. Um, love them. Oh, anyway. yeah, like Taylor or, or the. Yeah. Of the Beverly Hell yeah. Crusher. Wow. Or the Beverly Crusher doll right next to me. That's my girlfriend. That is your girlfriend. I love that. What a mommy issue advertisement. That is wild is to mom. me that you picked me apart so fast. On <laughs> you read me faster than anybody else has. That's Did you know that there are uh, tarot cards? Speaking, we were talking about tarot last night. There are Star Trek tarot cards. There's everything tar tarot cards. Yeah. 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 I bet she's the empress on there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I started comedy when I was like 32, which is old for comedy. And um, I was in Long Beach and Orange County and a lot of people down there were having to roast battle. Honestly, if you ask them, it was because they were trying to backdoor their way into the comedy store. I would hang out a little bit. And at first I was very against sort of the concept of it because my identity at the time was telling myself like, oh, I, I'm not a mean person. I'm a fun person. I'm a silly person. And that all those things are true, including the mean part. Yeah, no, but you're mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can be mean as shit, but I try, you know, I try not to. And um, what what happened was is a friend of mine was like, you should roast this one gal. And I did it the first time. And I got to tell you, I had like a panic attack leading up to it. I was like crying. It's terrifying. It was a it's terrifying thing. It's a terrifying thing. And the first joke that she did, I started to like speaking of combat sports. So I have a third degree black belt in Weichiryu, Okinawan karate, and I used to compete. And um, that's Okinawan karate. That's the Mr. Miyagi karate. The Mr. We wax on, wax off, baby. We do, we do circle blocks. That's how you do it. But so he, like, I just sort of 
dipped into that part of my personality. And even when I'm on stage, I was kind of rotating my hips like I was going to throw a kick at any moment to <laughs> kind of calm myself down. And the first joke hit and it was, I think the joke, it was April Lotshaw. And she said, Anna's so many damaged men. Her pussy has been licensed as a service animal. That's and I yeah. died. I felt so seen kind of the way you were talking about with the Beverly Crusher thing. Like I felt so seen. Yeah. And I laughed and laughed and laughed. And, but I'm also super competitive. I think she, I to this day think she outwrote me and I outperformed her. That's all it was. That, that I happens, was just, yeah. yeah. And I, and I kept doing it because it felt like a great, what I got out of the first one was it felt like an excellent exercise in writing. And that's really what I needed was like a thing that forced me to write a hundred jokes, good, bad, or indifferent, and then sift through and figure out what's good. Did you was, two, did you two meet up ahead of time to like talk about like weaknesses? Yes. Like okay, because I know yeah. that some people don't want to interact with the person because the goal from Roast Battle, from what I understand, isn't necessarily to win. It's to make sure you put on a good show. Absolutely. In a way, just like wrestling would be. Like yes, you know, it's like it doesn't necessarily matter who wins. It re what really matters is making sure that you, although you want to win, right? So, yeah, you're competitive, but it's not again, it's like wrestling. It's it's more it's just it's having fun. And so you, you you met up ahead of time. And met up ahead of time, we'd have coffee, we'd talk. And there would usually be it's funny because there are some people that really had a hard time separating themselves from it and there are some subjects that are hard to separate. Like I would say like never talk about my stepmother, she's a saint. If you talk about her, I will punch you in the parking lot. <laughs> you cannot yeah. talk about my stepmom. Which is a crazy thing because my parents are dead. And I'm like, you can talk about my dead parents all day. They're not around to like care about it. You know, you can talk yeah. about my grandma, you can talk about whatever. But like, I, yeah, you would kind of figure out. And also too, you get a vibe for a person. So like when I started to, I think what kind of broke it down for me was uh, roasting folks from New York got hard because they would come out here to roast and to like show up in front of TV producers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is like, there was a meanness to doing it with somebody I didn't know and yeah. I didn't know their comedy I would like creep on their podcasts and we would talk a little bit exchange a little bit of this that and the other thing but it was hard to stay friendly off the court and I remember talking to somebody because I was listening to his podcast and was he said somebody some, you've competed against yeah and he Who said some uh, I will, I will, he's a nice person. It was a misunderstanding. Okay, that's totally okay. Yeah. I will, I will say it was on, uh, the network that Legion of Skanks is on. So you get the vibe. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he said some pretty horrible things. And I said, Hey man, I immediately posted the thumbnail to the podcast and I said, Hey, everybody do me a favor. Uh, cause I have to go on the road and deal with his fans. I would like you to get their podcast a one-star review. <laughs> And he called me immediately and was like, Anna, that hits my bottom line. And I, I said, your fans have the potential to be dangerous. So watch what you say off the court. And I was like, I'll take the post down, but don't f with me. And he was like, okay. And, I, and we were perfectly fine after that. But there was like, again, there was like a meanness because we just didn't know each other. And I didn't care for that. The other reason why I backed away and I loved it doing the show was I was two years into comedy. I had some health problems I wasn't aware of, but I'm telling you, you could have cut my leg off. And I went away. I was wearing an adult diaper when I went on TV. I have a joke about it. It's like I was so not for diarrhea purposes. Also, I know that very specific purposes. Yeah. 
Yes. Yes. Discharge. Just so just, I, I have a chronic squirting condition. I can't oh, stop. God. Um, constantly dehydrated. Um, that might be the grossest thing we've ever said on the show. <laughs> I'm getting a hysterectomy this year. I got a bad ute. And so uh, sort of like having a, it's like if your car has bad transmission. So, or I suppose a cooling pump. I don't know. But so I didn't know it. And the show was an amazing experience. I still can't believe like I was on TV. That's crazy. I go to my hometown and they're like, remember when Snoop Dogg hit on you? That's the all, that's the only thing anybody in my hometown like country ass hometown is the only thing anybody cares about remember when a 50 year old stoner hit on you exactly you're like i don't know if you think that that's like i, mean, I that's was fun, like but... i was like everything from the waist down was screaming <laughs> but uh but yeah so so that happened and it was again i i had two years in and i you know thank god for those health issues because it gave me a chance to evaluate the trajectory of my career uh, in that only two years in. Yeah. That is an, that is a jarringly fast period yes. of time to get on TV. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I had comics reach out to me and be like, Hey, this, just so you know, this is like a moment. This isn't like a, you broke in. It's not like old Hollywood days. Keep your day job. Make sure that you like keep your head about you. Like, yep. and they were, so I had some like really good people in my corner being like, this is a weird experience. Yeah. I, I definitely like, it was it was so cool. It was so fun. But then I was on the road because ever all of my friends went on to like write for like TV, like all of the people. I will say this myself and the other Mexican from my season are not writing for TV currently. Almost everyone else is. Well, so. I mean, that's interesting. <laughs> Hollywood, get it together. Because, yeah, there's obviously that the, the implication of the yeah. fact that Hollywood is is not ethically yeah ethically, uh, diverse the other time i know some of the people that got jobs quote writing for tv and they were basically making no money to have somebody get all of the credit for their work and i'm like i don't know i feel like you could have had a better job than that i said that out loud i was there was one day where i was feeling real bad about myself and then somebody who like from my class of roast battle who went on to write for like a netflix show was like at the end of the day we totaled up the hours and the amount of time we we're writing we all made four dollars and 75 cents an hour yeah no it's it's one of those things where you know i i think yeah i hate to no i i don't care I'm, i'll say something awful about another comedian jeff ross is a bad person i think uh i think he's he's not particularly good i think he definitely the kid um <laughs> that is a, that's not even a thing that we're like that is even in question it's right his existence is why i'm banned from the haha -ha in north hollywood oh yeah you guys got beat uh <laughs> because I had made a joke about them and they were like, actually, Jeff Ross is coming in. I'm like, oh, well, the grown men who the kid demographic is going to be equally represented. And then they blocked me. Yeah, but I think I know yeah. people that that were do, that did so well in roast battle that they got to get paid barely any money to write all of his jokes. And he got all the credit and they were like, isn't he brilliant? It's like, I mean, he's kind of a two time of a predator. It's a weird it's a, a sex it's, and a career predator. Yeah, it's a weird thing, man, because it's like I, I've talked about this with a couple comedians that still work with him or still know him. And I I felt and I, I would say this to him. I just I felt let down about the uh, response, his his press statement specifically about his allegations, I felt were 
It was a missed opportunity to exercise accountability in a way that would have taught other comedians how to do that. And uh, that broke my heart because my interactions with him were always respectful and positive. And which is the thing that comedians say a lot. They'll be like a good reminder. Yeah, they were nice to me. They were nice to me. And it's like, well, we have to be careful. And I will say this, like without getting like too, too in the because I haven't really spoken to him since all of that came out. And, and I can't imagine him regarding me negatively. So it it is one of those things I've had to think about, like, how do I want to interact with people who have done things that go against my integrity? How do you reconcile that? Yeah. How do you reconcile that? that And that's victimized other people. Yeah. And how do you, you know, I've asked that to my friends that still, you know, work and interact with them. And, and they all, we are all kind of in a complicated place with it. And so one of the things that, uh, and I do want to say, I am anti-pedophile. Okay, <laughs> I am anti, seems- anti-labor, you know, labor, uh, uh, misuse and abuse. I'm like, cap- you know, anti-capitalism, yeah. all of that. But what I think was happening, at least in my own decision making, was I was two years in. And even though I was an adult person, I was very naive about Hollywood stuff Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that I'm no longer naive about. And one of the reasons is like, number one, there's some, um, there was obviously there's pay and equity issues. Um, We did not get paid a lot to do that show. And also too, like the ethics of the people you work with, again, you have no control once your likeness and your art and your whatever or craft is out there. You don't have any control over what fan base really what the response becomes. Yeah. What the response it's, it's out there. You're vulnerable for the world and the things that you've said, like I have a prepared statement for apologizing and making amends for some jokes that I made in my early roast battle career already. Don't go look them up, please. Don't hurt me. I mean, (laughs) yeah, but I mean, they're, That's we saw between 2015 and 2018, we saw the way language and comedy change yeah. almost overnight. Yeah. So, so there's that. I was at a festival shortly after Roast Battle. I was at the Flyover Festival. Shout out Great Fest. And that's the one in, that's in St. Louis. It's in St. Louis, Missouri. You've probably heard the joke about this. Here's what happened. Uh, some people hit me up and they were like, I'm bringing like 10 friends to your show. I absolutely love you. I'm a huge fan from Roast Battle. Super into it. And what happened was they showed up to the show and they were big weirdos. And I invited them to go to this. They were having an after party at the bar. And I was like, yeah, you guys can come along, blah, blah, blah. And when they got there, all the comedians started screaming at them because uh, they were the, and they were weird. They're, trust me, they were weird. I was actually trying to get to a second location around people that were less weird is what I was trying to do. So I was trying to like, find. Okay. So like, what were the other comedians doing then? They were yelling at them because they were um, the St. Louis chapter of the Proud Boys had been on local television for being Proud Boys and they Uh-oh. got in a big fight and everybody was like, who brought these people? And I'm like, well, that's my comedy that did that. I'm so sorry. And so when people, I know the look on Jeff's face, guys, right now, it looks like he's into his mouth from the inside. Like I he's am, so upset. I mean, it's it's definitely going to be jarring when you find out that essentially you are attracting proto-Nazis. When your full name is Ana Maria Valenzuela and your parent, like your grandmother's like an environmentalist. <laughs> the problem like, is how they very 
it, they have a huge uh, Latinx, Latino. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They uh, have a following. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Cubans and Tejanos love racism. Uh, no, I'm kidding. That's not true. Not all of them. Some, though. Uh, I, I will say that my brother, when my, my brother was uh, married to a Puerto Rican woman, and he said, I have never experienced racism, though, like, like, I mean, I've never witnessed racism, not experienced, like, got it himself. He's like, oh, they loved me. He's like, but he's like, every Puerto Rican, they hated people from Honduras. And he's like, he's like, they were so racist among themselves. He's like, I've never seen a level of racism. And we're from a place that had racism. He's like, I've never seen it worse than when I was listening to a Puerto yeah. Rican family talk about other people of Hispanic. Other, uh, yeah, uh, we are. We got the colonial brain worms real bad, and the way that colonialism keeps people of color separated and fighting amongst themselves is to encourage, uh, to encourage racism and competition amongst them. And uh, which is a great move on our part. Great, good job, guys. Really great. It's like a real Trump way to run a run a business. You yeah. know what I mean? But I'm like the gonna, business is I'm, humanity. I'm not going to pretend that I don't look sickly uh, with the the paler of the the pallor, excuse me, of my yes. of my skin right now. Yes, I, I. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, do I do I not get any? That sun? that's because I started talking about the Proud Boys and all the color drained from your face, and <laughs> that's exactly what happened to me. And what so that's the story I tell people. When I hear that they want to do like uh, there is a very proto Nazi comedy network and they have big festivals and I always tell people like, I know that you're looking at the thing in front of you and you think I want to do that thing, but you have to be careful about the unintended audience you're cultivating. Yeah, I make it a and, very specific point to that my social media experience leaves you no room to guess what kind of yeah. person I am and what kind of fans I do not want. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, and again, in the same way that language has changed over the last three years, four years, five years in such a dramatic way, and it's correct. The changes are correct. This is what I tell people. The changes are correct. We just all have to be better and more articulate and funnier. That's all you have to do yeah. is switch it up. That's it. Just like make a couple adjustments. But the uh, the same thing is true about like the way that autonomy is viewed and the way that like like I I started kiddingly asking audiences for consent because I have such like raw visceral dirty material that I'm like I do you consent to this. I want opportunity to be like nah dude that's like you know and like i i i think that like we've learned so much about how to behave and act in the world and all i want from my heroes and predecessors who have up is to say i now know i did the bad thing own it yeah. and i want to make it right and how can i make it right and then to do what they're asked to yeah. do and, or, but um, instead they get adopted by the, these awful people and like right. that, that becomes that's that weird culture war where you would not expect somebody like louis ck to be the guy that terrible men love like louis ck you got to remember back bef before everything was going down he was considered a relatively progressive oh yeah version of a comedian and it's 
And obviously there's a lot of gray area in that and, and the misunderstanding of what consent is or implied danger and stuff like that. There's so much to unpack there. But now this guy, because he didn't really own it the way, to be fair, I think he tried, but he didn't do it the way I think the public was like, no, that's not. That's not enough. No, you um, can't, like... so, so then now he becomes this, the, like this example, same thing with Chappelle. They, they, they do something problematic and they become the, the arbiter of comedy for terrible people. Yeah. And like, it's, it's an unintended consequence to an inability to just being defensive and deflective. Yeah. If you were in a relationship and somebody, you were like, I need you to do the dishes and they were like i don't want to do the dishes or I, I did the dishes last week or uh i why are, why do i have to do the dishes and like see so it's the same sort of reactiveness yeah. where you're like no 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 just take a step back and breathe take it take stock in what you've done and think how can i do it better yeah and all you gotta do is be like maybe i don't have the bandwidth to do the dishes right now I see what you're saying. That's super annoying. Everything you did was wrong or, you know, yeah. it, it's that it, and when instead it becomes two people being like, you're a piece of who never does the dishes. And then the other person's like, you, you're yeah. always telling me I'm wrong. And you're always trying to cancel me over these damn dishes. And it's like, can we just have a conversation for five yeah. seconds? Am I making sense? Yes. It's one of those things <laughs> where, you know, I see that a lot too with like, I'm in my family. My family doesn't ever admit that they f***ed up. And I broke that where like when I f*** up, I'm very much like, yeah, I, that, that was my bad. And so I'll have interactions with people from high school. People will say stuff on Facebook where I, I if I call them out for saying something, terrible, I'm like, you said this mean thing to me one time in 1998. And I'm like, probably I'm really sorry about that. I, you know, I was impulsive and it's a, it's not an excuse for causing harm, but you know, I was a young kid impulsive and didn't understand the weight of my words. And I apologize. And if I could take back those actions, like I would, and people are like, okay, yeah, okay. Like they don't, it, it disarms people's rage it, when you just are like, yeah, that's, I, I am. That's my bad. That's all you got to do. That's yeah. literally all you got to do. And I know that it is tricky when it comes to sexual boundaries to have that conversation. And again, oh, yeah. not, not pro pedophile. But what I am saying is when I was 15, I was partying with grown men and those grown men were never gropey, never rapey, but they would laugh. They go, how, how old are you? And I'd be like, oh, I'm 15. And they'd be like, oh God, don't even sit on the same couch with her. She'll catch a chart. They used to call me stag. They used to call me statutory because I was so young and like clown on me because I was hanging out with grown men doing drugs and like, and drinking. And that isn't everyone's experience. Like you go back and you watch these movies from the seventies and eighties that our parents idolized and they raised us on and the sexual boundaries are a nightmare well, not just the sexual boundaries but the romantic boundaries yes you know i i always say like you know one of the biggest mistakes of my generation is that romantic comedies basically they exalted stalking like light stalking when you think of like one of the most romantic scenes of all time it's john cusack holding up the the radio <laughs> while in your eyes plays and you're like yes that say anything is is per and then you think about that as a behavior now and like 
I recognize and understand, and I've 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 talked about this, I think, in the past, but when the Me Too movement came in, it made me it made me realize that there was a girl I had a crush on, and I had like I tried to romantically show up for her in a situation, and it ended up being that I think I was scarier in that because situation. you have you have this, you have such a you are, you are, you look like a boxer. You look like you box and you teach boxing and that's, and yeah, you just love girl, hitting people. <laughs> I had, a, I had such a crush on this girl in high school and then I lost all the weight and I was like, maybe even that now was the, and she, she, yeah. like, it wasn't her flavor. And, but I, I like, I wrote her a letter because like, you know, yeah. hardly wait. He wrote a letter uh, that worked for him. And I, I realized, and it was like after the, and I had always just been like, oh man, I failed at that you know, that didn't work out the way. And I moved on with my life. Right. When this whole, when, when it came out in what, like 2016 or 2015, like, yeah. and I, I messaged this woman on Facebook and I, I, I wrote this very, very like, Hey, like, I'm sorry, you know, not, you know, not recent ago, but a long time ago, you know, this happened. I didn't understand the negative energy that that would bring. And I was like, and I want you to know, I'm sorry. I, I regret making, and, and she was like, I don't even really remember that. And I was like, well, I've been thinking about it for 12 years. So <laughs> and that's you know, what makes you a comedian. She's like, I totally forgot. I'm done. And, and and it's like one of those things where like, she's like a, a conservative and she's got like this like rich Connecticut family situation going on. Like she's in a much better place. And obviously we never would have worked out. She she was just more concerned with your poverty getting on her. She was like, "Ugh, <laughs> poor." It's like I do think about that a lot. Or, or you know, I think like I had another ex that she's now like a Christian homesteader, and I'm like, "Well, we wouldn't have worked out in the long." No, um, no. But, but it was it's it was not it wasn't as hard as people would think to own the problem of being like, you know what? I didn't cons I considered only what was going on in my head. And I didn't consider how the perception of me would affect somebody in like, I don't know, a parking lot of an Applebee's that they work at at 11 p.m. with me leaning against my car or whatever. I like, swear is, to God, you're telling this story and I keep imagining like in your eyes playing and I would yell like, hey, you know what? I get that you're trying to be sweet, but I'm going to get my nunchucks out of the car yeah. if you don't back the it's well it's 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 one of those things it's kind of pathetic but it's also like i still have that like pardon the phrasing because this isn't meant to to be negative this is just me with my own experience is that yeah that like fat kid romantic energy that i carried where it was like very yeah. poetic and very like my only experience with romance had been stuff that you see in movies. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't date in school. So I didn't know about relationships and I didn't know right. about how heartbreak worked. It, for me, every, everybody I had a crush on, they were a paragon of perfection and beauty and, and everything like that. And I still sometimes carry that. Yeah. And I'm 41. <laughs> that's a part of the conversation that's missed out on. And I, I have been, I had been, I shelved a bit, but I'm going to start working on it again, where I only want to like white dudes, white dudes love a Latina. They act completely differently on the, on the dating websites. They're just like, Hey girl, what's up? Can I take you to dinner? Which is the energy. Okay. Guys don't like, 
don't good morning me every day until into eternity. White dudes are assertive because they're white dudes and they're, they're okay with it. They're used to taking up space is what it is. I am not that by the way. You're yeah, you're it. But here's what I'm going to say. There's a subset of white dudes. And this is where we're as, as a culture losing these particular guys that I call white dudes with deficits. So maybe they had a maybe they were, you've known barriers in your life. So it's like short, bald, you know, maybe maybe they've had some, you know, a time in their life when they were rejected based on their physical image in some way, like like that kind of thing where we don't know what to do. Right. Because they have like privilege. Right. They got white guy privilege, but they don't have white guy confidence. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that explains that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like there's a certain type of. And so what we'll do is we'll be like. Yeah, all you white dudes have always had it easy. And it's like, no, in certain areas you maybe have, but sometimes I guess, I don't know. I'm again, I'm walking that line. I'm walking that line. I'm getting, I'm not woke enough, but what I'm saying, I'm just saying is I can have empathy for, uh, I can have empathy for the, the experience you're expressing is that you've had barriers in your life to like, you've never always been the prom king and you carry some like trauma around that or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and it was like, you know, I obviously I did what I could to survive in school, but you know, I mean, I was, I, I looked like a giant hard boiled egg, um, growing and, and it's like not, not the object of anyone's affection for sure. Which by the way, I, I prefer that I'd much rather prefer having that form, that chip on my shoulder or that fear, that genuine fear of women that I have is a much safer fear to have. Like, honestly, with everything that was going on with like me too and everything, I'm like, man, if I was way more confident, I might have gotten myself into trouble by accident. Of yeah. like making a move on somebody, even though I felt like maybe I wasn't. Like, I do yeah. not make a move until the light is so green. Like, yes. I don't do it. And it's I. it has annoyed people in the past. But I'm like, look, no. man, I'm a monster. Oh, it 100% has. I had a girl, a girl that I dated for quite some time tell me she was going to give up on me because I wouldn't make a move. I I said I did text this recently to a guy cause just because he's super introverted. And I said, you know, a less confident woman would think that you're not that into me. I just happen to know you don't like going outside. And he just laughed. And he goes, no, I'm super into you. So I think part of it is, is like needing the reminder of like, hey, I am so into you. I'm just also super into consent. And so like, same dude. Oh, like, I'm not into that. Yeah, I'm super duper into consent. So it'll be like, I ask guys for consent when I'm on dates because I know that like I'm 40. I'm like, they're generally younger guys like me. And like, I also have a public facing persona and i know that there are lady creeps out there like a friend of mine got stalked by a woman for like three years they never had sex and that was actually the part that like she was she felt you know uh without getting into too much detail but you know that 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 took a turn where he was like yeah just you know she just you know she just well we're not going to go with specific details about that i'm like that sounds like someone died no, she she was just uh yeah, but I I just I say all that to say that like there is like stalking is stalking, and he wouldn't call it stalking, he would not call it stalking, but it was I, I think stalking. Men, I think <laughs> I think men tend to not view stalking as a problem because we're not necessarily in any physical danger. 
Yes. Um, where like if somebody and 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 you know, not for nothing, but men don't get attention the aggressive amount that women do. So like women yeah. get attention when they're just walking down the street that don't want it. Like, yeah, you know, like how much attention can you get over the past 30 years where you're like, I'm over this with men. We don't really get that. So whenever yeah. we get attention, you're like, I don't know, man, it feels kind of nice if I'm being 100% <laughs> honest. Like I've, I've been there where I'm like, look, this doesn't like, I know like, it's not going to happen. Like, I know she's, I know like she scares me, but yeah. I like the attention she's given me, even though it's terrifying. Yeah. No, I, I never got attention growing up. So whenever somebody gives me attention, I'm like, what do you want me to do? And now imagine that. So you're in comedy, you're dating all these. So do, you've a lot of the guys that we work with, whether they're absolutely super famous or some sad open micer, all have that in them where they're yeah. like, oh. Comedians are dirtbags, by the way. Yeah. Like, like yeah. everybody needs to understand that. There's not a lot of like good people that become comedians. There's like five of them. <laughs> Ah, and it's an accident. It's yeah. like, a, a, yeah, it's an accident. And I, I think that like, yeah, I think that, uh, God, this podcast, I so much of it edit out, Jeff, make me sound like the, like the war. I just, I, I think a lot of we're we're in a very tricky for people like us who have clear boundaries around our ethics. Mm -hmm. This is a tricky world to work in. I don't, Yes, but I would. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've my ethics have cost me probably more than they've done for me. But same. You know, <laughs> I also I also would like to address the fact and obviously we're going to we can move on. But like my ethics have been on a sliding scale because everyone's are like they weren't the same as they were three, four years ago, even where, you know, I remember doing a joke where it was the point was it was supposed to be subversive and it was supposed to talk about right. sort of like weird, a weird sense of liberalism in Boston where I would make a joke that used the, the new F word, yes. <laughs> you know, um, you know, about like wanting equal rights for people, but not knowing how to say it out loud. And so I would use yes. that word. And then, yes. And then there was a tag on that joke that used the N word and it was, in my opinion, it's probably the smartest joke I've ever written, mm -hmm. but I started to notice that there was a brushback, particularly among black comedians that were like, you know, why, why would you say that? And some didn't care. Some were like, comedy's comedy, do what you want. But then there were some that were like, what makes you think you can say that? And I used to be like, no, get it. it it's the bit. It's it's, it's mm -hmm. subversive. And then I was just like, you know what? I don't need this joke. Like, or even you don't need like, the word. You can swap the word out. You can no, do not in that situation. Not in that situation. Although, although I did switch out one of them. I did switch. I did switch the but the the N word one. There was no way to do that joke without it. And I was like, I don't need the joke. I just don't need yeah. it because it was all about what what the the joke essentially was like about how boston's a progressive city but it does it very wrong and they were like yeah you're goddamn right yeah i i think i've heard it i think i've joke. heard that yeah but the, the the tag that i had at the end is i said these were the same people protesting in the 60s with signs that just said n-word rights ah! and okay <laughs> yeah. so like that's that's a good enough joke but it's not a joke that's worth the harm that saying that 
word yeah. to do to somebody. That's a word. Yeah. That is a word of hate. That is a word people hear when they get assaulted. And so is the F yeah. word. Yeah. Those are two words that people say during hate crimes. And if they're words that people say as objects of violence, I don't need them. And I can yeah. still do stand up comedy and be funny. If I have to use hate speech to, to be, be funny, to, have, to be funny, that means I'm not funny. I stopped going to a club's open mic because there was so much anti-trans jokes oh. that I couldn't do it anymore. And I was like, that's, I think you just said you hit it on the nose around the, like the, uh, the necessity to evaluate whether or not our words are objects of hate and violence. I yeah. love the way you phrase that objects of hate and violence. And I had, when I was having my reproductive issues shortly after the Rose Battle experience, I had a joke that was subversive. I don't even remember, but I was comparing sort of like my own reproductive struggles to the struggles of trans women. And I stopped doing it yeah. because I realized it was hitting and it was smart. It was super smart. Like I had other comedians go, that joke was smart. However, because especially you and I are both like performers and we got big personalities on stage. Here's the trick. We have friends that are uh, super duper uh, deadpan on stage and they're tricking the audience into believing that they're more intelligent than they are. People think that big personalities and loud voices are not necessarily intelligent because we can know how to perform. It's the voice of the dumb. It's the voice of the dumb. Yeah. But usually never forget the most intelligent golden girl was the lady who played Rose. <laughs> it was I mean, Betty White was super intelligent and like. So like to understand that, like you, um, like it was a smart joke, but I just woke up one day and I said the same thing with roast battle. I woke up one day and I said, this is not for me. This is yeah. not my joke to tell. If, this is not my world to stay in. I'm this, a tourist here. I'm moving on. If this joke creates the career, that's not the career I want. Yes, exactly. My joke on the road when I'm on the road, I, my roommate, a super funny comic named Brandy Posey, amazing. Funny, and yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go on the road sometimes. And her, my joke is her fans. I'll be like, where are the lady, lady fans at? And they're always like, like, they're so sweet. Like, and I always say, I go, the difference between a lady, lady fan and a roast battle fan is here. I brought you some muffins yeah. and a roast battle fans. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's the difference between a lady to lady fans and roast battle fans is lady, lady, yes. <laughs> but I, again, I mean, it was still a great experience. And I had like my best friend growing up, it what was amazing about it was so many of my friends said, When you said you were doing stand up, I thought you were doing a hobby, and then I saw you, and you're you know, you're this is what you were supposed to do the whole time. And then I had people tell me, uh, you know, I was folding my laundry with the TV on in the background and I heard your voice. I thought you had called me and I turned and you were on the TV yeah. and like to have that happen uh, was such an honor and to have it happen early enough for me to reevaluate how I want the second, you know, the, the yeah. next few years of my career to go has been amazing. I've gotten to do really cool, like limestone comedy festival. I got to do high planes have traveled all over the world i've gotten to um to do comedy like in uh in in bangkok in uh in in kuala lumpur illegally because they pulled my work visa 
and they closed the club so I could still perform. That's weird. Yeah. And then afterwards we went to a, uh, like a, a backdoor cause it's a Muslim country we went to a bar, like a secret bar and had like the dish that they make, which is this rice dish, but they make it with pork. <laughs> we committed all the crimes <laughs> in one night and like it was uh it's what an insane experience and i've gotten to meet people like you and i've gotten to meet like other weird nerd like fight yeah. nerd weirdos and and so it's it's been really cool to pivot and i think if you're listening to this and even if you're not a comedian and you're like i work for a evil conglomerate or i do this or i do that and yet there's moments of your your job or your like your life where you feel icky follow that and make a pivot well i think that's important for you and i to discuss too because we both left other lives for this world yes this is a choice this isn't the only thing we could do i I retired for this. Like I retired from teaching for this. I, I yes. left an entire career behind and started performing at almost 31 and same for you at 30. Yeah. Yeah. I was working in drug and alcohol treatment getting yelled at by, by, and, and working with autistic people, which by the, like, or people in the spectrum and other like neurodivergent, I'm, I've, ADHD, anxiety, PTSD. I love that you're backtracking your way. Cause you said a word that they stopped using four months ago or whatever. <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh really I did. okay so like people on the spec like neuro- neurodivergent humans yeah. uh because it is a spectrum it's like you know it's like sure. a whole thing and like i uh or as we used to say folks with disabilities when using nonviolent communication in in psychological spaces and, and um people first language instead of disabled people, people people with disabilities people with disabilities exactly so uh so then I started doing stand-up, which is a lot of neurodivergent drug addicts. So there sure is. Yeah. You dealt with, you you went. That's like me where I I left eighth grade so I could be around people that talk and think like eighth graders. Speaking of great cool things, I don't know if you knew this, Anna Valenzuela, but if you head over to patreon.com slash Jeff May, you can actually sign up for the producer tier. Now, I have kept the producer tier at a very, very affordable level uh, until we start moving forward. But uh, if you you pay a little bit of extra money at patreon.com slash Jeff May, and I say your name, and Anna, we can talk about these. Some of these can uh, spark conversation. Uh, we yeah. got some, we got some names on here, so so we'll go through, and we're gonna give a big shout out to these people again. If you're listening to this for free, thank you so much. Uh, if you want to hear uh, us swear without the beeping, you want to he- get the episodes early, you want them uncensored with bonus content, head on over to Patreon.com/slash Jeff May. We will get the episodes a week early. You beep out the swears? Yeah, because I'll, I'll tell you why. Somebody asked me about this last night at the show we were on. Okay. Is that I was wondering why you bleep the swears out. And the answer for that is very simply is I don't have to put that it's an explicit podcast when I put it up for free oh. um, because I don't chase ad revenue. Um, so the yeah. cursing I keep behind a paywall, like think of it as like HBO versus network. Yeah. Uh, when when okay. you put something out on network, you bleep out the swears because you want everybody to be able to listen to it. Or, yeah. You watch you watch the Titanic on TNT. You ain't going to get them hot. Can I get that sweet drawn? Yeah. And then you watch it on HBO and you get all the like I got on that. We got yeah. how many times can we say this is going to be great for the swear. <laughs> cut, by the way, the other thing, too, if you're listening for free. 
if you are listening for free, one of the things that we do is uh, we release what's called the swear cut where my producer lovingly picks every single swear out of the show and places it into one cut. Can you send that to me? Absolutely. Oh Uh, my gosh. Shout out to the following producers. Shout out to a googly eyed rock. Shout out to Jose (laughs) can say cat. Jay friend of the crows demands a crow emoji. Hashtag join the murder. Follow my dog's Instagram at bash noggins. He's dumb and adorable. You get the Aldo Vargas rookie card, everybody. R.I.P. Don West. Shout out to Ballhouse. 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 You're you're you got Ballhouse the the band. That's yeah. a that's a goth band. This is spelled like B-A-O Ballhouse. So it's like a Korean goth band. What? Oh, that's a restaurant for sure. Shout out to Koi Farm Art and Mentoring, Nolan Void, Ricky Cilantro, Big Booty Boy for 2069. Hey, you single? Maine, more than Stephen King. Uh, you ever been to Maine? Never been to Maine. I have a thing against cold. I don't like being cold. Oh, oh. So there's like three days of the year I can go to Maine. I went to college in Maine actually how how was it uh cold it was it was very cold. yeah i, I, I don't like me, being cold i got my first tattoo in maine actually oh yeah you got tattoos I got <laughs> tattoos i have white guy tattoos i don't have like modern tattoos i got yeah. i got tattoos but like right before they were cool when you were still a dirt bag when you got them no. yeah i got a tattoo i i got a joke on stage where i'm like i got a tattoo that lets you know everything about my my daddy issues it's bad it's a bad tattoo what is, what is it uh, it's a tramp stamp with my dad's initials in it because you shouldn't have tattoos before you have sex. Yikes, bro. Didn't think about it. You might want to just move those initials somewhere else and shoot a laser on your ass or something. I need, I need, yeah, I definitely, if you have low cost laser tattoo removal, I will rep you for the rest of my life. <laughs> Shout out to jumping rope, still a sport. Jeff not liking it, still a fact. You're going to hear a lot of things about how I don't even like sports. Yeah, I get it. I don't like that's yeah. the show I do with Adam Todd Brown. Yes. Yes. Do you like sports? Yeah, I like a sport. I get into it. I get watch? I uh I like I like to watch boxing right. a lot because uh boxers are uh, they're technicians and I love watching. I'm obsessed with um body mechanics and economy of motion. You want to get that, you're gonna get that from boxers. You're gonna Let get me- that from any quality athlete, but yeah. Uh I sparred this morning <laughs> before we recorded this, and uh the guy I was fighting. From Boston, my height, a little bit older than me, but we had a great sparring session. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it Isn't was fun. solid. It, it was good, like, because we were both counter punchers too. And I didn't realize he was a counter puncher until I countered one of his shots with a gut shot and he immediately hit me in the face. And I was yeah. like, oh, 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 okay. All right. It was funny. Yeah, it was great. Uh, big guy counterpuncher? Lame. <laughs> if you're tall, you should be a counterpuncher. I know, like, I know. You know. I'm like, I'm like fighting a little, like, you know, when a chihuahua gets real mad and charges yeah. you? That's my vibe. That's <laughs> just me throwing my shoulder and sending you across the room. That's what I do with that. <laughs> Shout out to Bodacious Big Bad Bouncing Bollock Bonanza. Shout out to Jennifer Fendelander at AV Foundry. Patrick Dore. Or door. I'm sorry, dude, if I keep that name up, but I like you as a person a whole lot. Bart Fartigan, Steven's looking for a new job. Everyone get Steven a job. Everyone yeah. a job for Steven. Uh, shout out to Huey, 
Check out Nerd with Dre and Jeff wherever Jeff May podcasts are found. Oh, Dre Alvarez using that money wisely. We got that show Nerd. We we got a monthly show where he and I do a deep dive into nerdy stuff. I think the, next one, doing, the next one we're doing is The Tick. <gasps> a, a comic book. Oh, the comic, not even the show. No, we're doing the comic book here because we didn't we wouldn't have had enough time to do like, you know, the cartoon or the I never watched the live action because uh, I there, love two, the cartoon so hard. Actions. Yeah, there was um, there was the Patrick Warburton one. And then there mm -hmm. was the Peter. Uh, I'm forgetting his name, but the one uh, I Dinklage, different Peters. Yeah, totally different. Peter's different Peters. Sir, Sir Finowitz. OK, uh, I think that's his name. But uh, yeah, the cartoon is, in, in my opinion, one of the greatest cartoons of all time. It's so funny. It came out. There was this gold, like golden era of like cartoonery. Yeah. yeah, where it was like so you had that. You had uh, uh, the critic. I love the critic. The critic. Well, yeah, the critic was primetime cartoon. Yeah, you had these like weird, sometimes primetime, sometimes not primetime, like super weird cartoons. It was amazing. Yeah, because like the the Simpsons led to the critic, which didn't last very long, mm -hmm. um, uh, and then kind of shifted over to Comedy Central off of Fox. But in the mornings in Fox Kids, you had like. You know, that was the era with the tick. You had like the tick would lead into X-Men, but before uh, yes! like, you had Bobby's world, you had Eek the Cat, you had yes! like, long showing of um of Fox Kids. Anyway, uh Rudy Daft Punk has an anime Rueda. It's called Interstellar 5555. Jeff hates competitive fun. JHCF and a do uh, doesn't like sports joke there. I love uh, it. Goji, uh Feliz Años Nuevo, you goofy. Oh, there it is. Happy New Year in Espanol. Okay. Uh, Molotovsky advises everyone to calm the f down and enjoy the menu. Love that. Yeah, I like that. Ger uh, Gerard Boston Market saved my Thanksgiving ruin. Hold on. I found a I found a shopping center in Van Nuys that has an operational Boston Market, an operational Sizzler across the street. That and is on Van Nuys Boulevard. And all yes, the all you can meet with pinball in the back. Uh, yeah. yeah, that that's is not. My, you know that's where my pinball league is, right? Oh, really? You know, I like I know the owner. I have the owner of that place's phone number in my phone. Tell him I'm onto his ass. They turn down the grill as you keep ordering, and I'm gonna start turning my grill back up. Thank you. <laughs> uh, they only do that because they turn the grill on high in the beginning. I know I want it on high the whole time, bitch. You'll do, you'll do I want to hurt not, myself. That's not a <laughs> trick, by the way. That's them putting it down so they can switch it out and uh, before oh, it's established. Oh, so I don't. Oh, okay, I thought they were trying to slow me down. I'm like, no, don't, don't you care. dare. They have a sign up there that says there's a table limit, so they don't. That is the the funny thing about that place is it is a it's a Korean barbecue place and only Latino people are in it. Yes, it's the uh, <laughs> it's also right next to a Pizza Hut and a Planned Parenthood. It's a nightmare. So, also, that taco spot does dollar tacos on Tuesdays sure and they fucking rip. Sure it's a pinball pizza and Planned Parenthood, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, the three P's. Three P's of Van Nuys. <laughs> uh, I will shout out. That's I'll give a free plug to Ace. Ace Gogi on Van Nuys Boulevard in Van Nuys. It's Great experience. I, it's where I took Val on our first date. It's where we go for our pinball league. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's also where I had my 40th birthday. In the <gasps> back, miss... we rented out the pinball room. Oh. It was during the pandemic. So it was like pretty limited. I get it. Yeah. Um, it was like 2021. So it was like, uh, 
Yeah, you know, exactly. We, Still we dicey. 20 tests, invited 20 people, and that was pretty much. Oh, I love that you were testing people at the door. Oh, yeah. Um, shout out to uh, Farty Marty, who has devoted his life to being upwind from Jeff in case, quote, the great air biscuit arrives as foretold. So, I think I caught one of your farts last night. He's correct. Oh, you did. And I did. And I saw you noticed it and I laughed. And I was like, man, I know a protein fart when I smell one. <laughs> die, Grand Canyon. You ever been to the Grand Canyon? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Do you? What was it like? Was it a hole in the ground? It was a hole in the ground, but I have like a sense memory of it because my dad drove around the Grand Canyon when I was a kid uh, and peed at every single rest stop. I've never seen a man drink so much water with intention before. Uh, he peed into the Grand Canyon literally every 15 miles. It was That's amazing. like a dad that trying to get to every baseball stadium. Yeah, that was his yeah. trying to get to all the baseball stadiums. Um, but I love the Grand Canyon. It feels there's something cellular that reacts to it i'm just like this feels like a place where the gods of my ancestors dwell it's Fair very enough. weird yeah i have no interest in going uh <laughs> i don't care it's, <laughs> it's beautiful oh i bet i've seen pictures which it's good. it's your brain can't even comprehend it it's like skydiving your brain can't comprehend it it's so big it's like hard yeah, to i have the internet on my phone Do you know how much cool I can see all the time at the push of a button. Oh my god! <laughs> Show me I'm the rules take... where it says a dog can't a... play basketball. A dog cannot play basketball, and also a comedian can no longer do an Air Bud bit. You need to, if you're listening yeah. to this and you're a comedian, please, yeah. please retire your Air Bud bit. I'm helping also, a also... festival select people right now, and I don't, I put rejected on premise. I it's like 2023. Say, <laughs> I would like to say in 2023 that quote, like a Jackson Pollock is done that is a i'm i'm over that as being a punchline for somebody that got come on themselves or or whatever and they're like oh paint it like a jackson pollock Oops. i see okay. so many lazy comedians use jackson pollock as a punchline yeah oh yep um shout out to the guy who played jj in barry gordy's the last dragon shout out to lisa harden also my co-producer on mint on card you saw her last night i she read you to phil uh, one of my one of my absolute favorite people that uh, the most critical person of me she let you have it i was she like does. that was woo, that's one you take to the therapist jeff that's a yeah. that's a woo, that felt yeah, so real jessica robertson silius ruby the digital phil the ghost of dave thomas the great advertising scam a jeff may joint erin meyer it was me jeff I've been giving you $10 a month since the beginning so you could afford more gas station Pop-Tarts, keeping you sluggish just <laughs> for me to steal Christmas. Gas station Pop-Tarts are my, that's my travel, that's like my sweet travel snack if I'm on a road trip. What okay. are your road trip snacks? Stop at a gas station, one sweet, one savory, what do you get? Oh man, that is such a comedian question. Um, I either go with a spicy or lemon peanut uh or now i'm on the slim jim train slim jimmin oh wow. uh, in the opposite direction is of a peanut and then uh on the sweet side i either go with those welch's fruit snacks, fruit snacks? now i either do fruit snacks or uh a peanut butter cup 
okay that's that's a weird combo the fruit snacks and the uh or like a slim jim like that 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 to me is an unhinged combination oh yeah well i have a gluten allergy so there's certain things i can't do anymore like combos and bugles and that kind of combos, stuff so, that's mine Co pizzeria pretzel combos are mine. a white a white dude loves a pizza a pizza combo uh universally no okay actually no i'm gonna call you out on that 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 is by uh, by assigning pizzeria pretzel combos as a white dude thing am, am i being racist am i being I combo know, racist I feel like that is an everybody thing it's just i'm gonna <laughs> guess that if you've been on tour with other yes. dudes they've mostly been all white men so like you're getting that's true you're getting a correlation without a causation here. I think you're correct. I stand corrected. Please don't cancel me. I will say that when we are in, depending on the region of the world too, you get into the Zeps chips, the like oh, those, yeah, yeah. The you get it. Yeah. You get into Oots when you get up, up there or you get into, that'll bring you to like, um, uh, wise or Wachusett. Mm -hmm. Give me a, there. give me a crab cake chip. I had no idea. Uh, crab cake chips. Yeah. Those are good. I will take. And then when you're going through the South, there's a chip brand that's wrappers make the flavors. Oh, yeah. You want to talk those about have been, those have been forever. Get those, are, anywhere. those are so unhinged. <laughs> those have been those around, are crazy. Those have done well. Those We're have been around for like over 20 years. It's weird because it'll be like, all right, this is this chip tastes like nerds ropes, uh, popcorn and vinegar and you're like okay <laughs> when you eat it you're like this is great <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will say that if i ever am in the northeast my my sweet snack goes from gas station pop tarts and it shifts to um funny bones which is essentially a devil's food kind of twinkie oh with a, with a peanut butter filling and they're dipped in chocolate shut up that feels it's, well that that feels like a snack cake it's it's by far the best snack cake that's like a mexican snack cake when it's like it's like half marzipan and like like what like also jelly but also chocolate and a twinkie yeah, at the same time going, there's a lot going on on those yeah yeah it's they got that duck that unhinged yeah. duck it's, it's an just orange like... it's a bright orange wrapper it looks like a crayon and it's yeah just, you get diabetes <laughs> all right um, shout out to Cronenberger, Meister, Meisterburger, three Jacob Tremblays in a trench coat sneaking into an R-rated movie. Parker Aylesworth. Oh, okay. Parker Aylesworth. Christy Salinas. Hi, your friendly neighborhood mortician here to, uh, here to encourage you to get life insurance. That is a personal story coming from. That's correct. Actually, I have a friend who's a mortician and she uh, she would say the same thing. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to. I need to be a burden on the people in my life or else what's the point? Yeah, I keep telling my grandma, spend, get a will or spend it all because I will not fight with your unhinged son over your money. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff has colossal feet. Probably. He's a big fella. I do have pretty big feet. Uh, what are we working with? Give me the size. Uh, 13 to 14, depending on the brand. Although I used to be a 15, so. Your feet are shrinking? They did when I lost all that weight. Oh. Uh a width shrink okay yeah. i have the so feet I, the size of were, knives it so. was a 15 uh when i was about from from around 15 to 19 i had a size 15 shoe and then when i lost all that weight my feet started shrinking and i started being able to fit into 13s and it was delight congrats uh, i loved it shout out to verbose minimalist world's humblest man mind freak 55 says the varsity is just an okay fast food restaurant 
What's, this, what's your top tier fast food restaurant? We've talked about this. We fight about this on, if you follow either of us on Twitter, we fight about this, I think annually. Oh, and you're an it, In-N-Out person, aren't you? I am a California girl. So my dad was, I, I'm going to give you the backup. My dad was a butcher. He came out of, he came out of El Sereno, Boyle Heights, that East LA. And when we would come to LA, we would travel because I was raised in Northern California. This is before they had In-N-Out's in Vegas. Let me tell you. So we would, the first meal I ever had in Long, Los Angeles was um i was eight years old it was a double double animal style fries well done animal style and a neapolitan milkshake and my that i was a child and my dad said with confidence she can eat it and i crushed that it was delicious wow and uh that was my first meal in la uh i I lived for some in and out i know that we have we have complicated feelings about it because you can have your you childhood memory for it and that's yeah it, Other, and then he would be overrated my my la experience was my dad going from taco place to burger stand and telling me the history of each one of those so like tommy burger oh, like yeah. tommy is like a temple for for my family <laughs> it's like nice. so it's one of those things where it's like uh yeah it's it's a sense memory but i genuinely enjoy in and out there's it's sort of like this there's a taco stand in and uh in uh culver city called tito's here's tito's the thing about tacos it. is great it's See, not well okay it's great in that it's american tacos done well exactly it's a it's a great uh yeah it's a great uh but i wouldn't even say american tacos because mexican people make tacos like that too so it's like it's, it's like mex taco it's 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 not a specific yeah, it's Tex-Mex style because it's a fried corn tortilla with the that not so sharp cheddar cheese. Yeah, the little shreddy meat it's and like, like government cheese. Um, oh, yeah. Shredded. Yeah. No, that's good. But that that's, that's our version of a Philly cheesesteak. Basically, that's, that's old El Paso style tacos as well. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. 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 And and like it's a sort of saying too. like in in California, I yell about uh, people say California doesn't have barbecue. We have grilling. We have Santa Maria style barbecue and it should come with paste picante salsa. It's also not Korean a barbecue, barbecue here. Like we, we also have that, we, which <laughs> I'm sorry, but like if you're trying to get me to get some like random form of of barbecue out here and put it up against what Korean barbecue offers, it's tough to be like, yeah, man, it's, your your dry rub sure was better. Yeah, exactly. Than, so, than this, you know, yeah. lemon pepper beef or whatever that I just cooked on the grill. But hands down, if I'm doing like, if I'm doing my day job and somebody asks me to go, like what fast food restaurant like is in and out going to in and out worth it, I not only tell them that, I also tell them to buy the t-shirt because it's the best souvenir you'll get in Los Angeles. And then I, wow, and they, that is weird. They always love it. And I usually order for them because I was you raised tell them to right. get a double double uh, go, animal style with uh fries well done, animal style and a Neapolitan milkshake. And you're just like, I, you should all get the meal I got when I was eight. Exactly. You should get literally every flavor you've ever wanted in your life in your face all at once. And so yeah. because it's the novelty of ordering it off menu too. So I, I would say that's my experience. I know that your favorite fast food restaurant is Burger King. Correct. It's my preferred form of 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 flavored burger. Yeah, yeah. Their flavors are better. I, I can mean, taste I, the fake smoke off the burger. Here's what I will say: I do not think that they use better ingredients at Burger King than In and Out. What I will tell you is that I think the flavor profile is better. 
See uh, that fake smoke. I that, can't do it. In the same vein, a taco truck on the side of the road, I think has better ingredients than Taco Bell. But yes. you're not, there's nothing at a taco truck on the side of the road that can compare to a cheesy gordita crunch with fire sauce. And that's the thing to admit. But I, I know that there's something about this sawdust meat taco that I'm eating where they've managed to optimize the flavor profile to a point where it's so hard to compare. So my again, my dad being a butcher, he knew exactly what Taco Bell meat was. Sawdust. And he explained it, it to filler. me. Yeah. He was like, he was like, it's mostly wheat gluten and uh, a lot of soy. It has just enough meat to sort of taste like meat. And, and he would take, we would go to a movie every week and we would go to Taco Bell. And I remember the day I cleared in the eighties, a $10 order. My dad was like, my dad was like, we're going to have to feed you before you go on dates. What's wrong with you? That's a lot of food. And I was like, cause I was like, I need an enchilada. I need a regular taco. I need a soft taco. I need like a. I was, and I had like an order in which I ate it and I would sort of take all the drippings and put it back in the Enchirito thing and eat it with a chip. And like, it was so good. And I miss Taco Bell every day of my life because I have a gluten allergy and there's nothing I can eat there except for a Baja Blast and uh, beans. That's it. Together. Then you give yourself two Baja Blasts. Um, (laughs) Shout out to Ass of Bass. Jen, be earnest. Enjoy what you love. Nicholas, you're doing great, Fabian. Shout out to Gotham City, OSHA, Grumblebee. I don't care about pie. Oh God, it feels Ooh. So off my chest. Do you have a favorite pie? I I didn't understand pie until I understood that crust shouldn't be disgusting. And then once I realized that if a well done crust is delightful, yep. uh, and you if you can do that, that's a badass pie. Favorite right. pie? Uh, can I count? I I prefer a cheesecake over all things. That's fine. Favorite pie? I like a old. I like an apple. I like a strawberry. I like a well, I like a banana cream. I like pie. I you like, like pie. You do like pie, yeah. I like a pie. Um, you don't like pie. That's I'm sad for you. I do like pie. I do. This is just what somebody wanted me to say. Uh, I like uh, I like a nice uh, warm blueberry pie with a with a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Oh I like yeah. Dutch apple pie. I Ooh. like uh, various chocolate pies. Uh, yeah. I've a gotten pecan? The fruit as I've gotten older. Pecan is fine. I'm not particularly how, into pecan, but if you give me a piece of pecan pie, I'm not going to say no. How do you feel about how do you feel about a pumpkin? I don't love a pumpkin. I do. I feel like it's a lie because yeah. it doesn't, like pumpkin pie is the only one where I'm like, no, this is a nutmeg pie. Like this is a this yeah. is nutmeg and cinnamon. It's it, the spices do most of the heavy lifting. <laughs> And yeah, and the crust is the soggiest. That's the thing, is if you're a crust enthusiast, the pumpkin pie on, lets you down. That depends on who prepared it, if I'm being 100% true. honest. Like, that just means somebody made pie. That's um, true. Shout out to uh, Jocular Haggard Cantankerous Fool, Vortispin, just boof it, a collection of organs <laughs> aware of themselves. Yeah. Uh, the Wandering Unpierced Left Nipple. Uh-huh. It's competitive fun. I feel like I said that one already. I feel like you, maybe there's two. Did two people put that in? Because that's just going to save me money then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeff hates competitive fun is in there twice. So it looks like you, you cheating son of a bitch. Uh, shout out to try to be the kind of person that would make Mr. Rogers proud. Where's Clawful? Hmm. Carlos Castillo's unpopular opinion is Jeff doesn't even watch Batman. Do you? He got, of course I do. But he got my four podcasts in one round. Unpopular opinion. Oh! Jeff doesn't even like, uh, you don't even like sports. Uh, Tom and Jeff watch Batman. 
That's like a haiku. Yeah. I love that. I ain't got time to bleed. Shout out to Instagram's <laughs> at Mr. M Tally. Follow Crippled Giraffe, all one word, on Instagram for fun drawings and designs. Okay. Shout out to Jeff using deep blue sea memes to break bad news. Sorry. Okay. I do that. That's sometimes. correct. If somebody dies at the end of the year, I definitely do a joke about a deep blue sea meme about them. <laughs> Shout out to Tyler Wilgus asking seven in the time since he changed his name on this document, Jez Butt had a kid, got a new job and got COVID. Jez Butt, Bud, we got to update you, bro. This kid's like yeah. years old by now. <laughs> Shout out to Kimball, the casual Frankenstein. Shout out to the target loss prevention officer currently hunting Jeff because I shoplift. Uh, I, oh. I steal M&Ms from... Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're terrible. We treat Target like a lending library in this house. <laughs> I will return anything to Target. <laughs> I love this part, too, where the next name is 20 years in retail has taught me loss prevention watches employees, not customers. Um, so shout Truth. out to that uh, assist there. Shout out to Steven. Uh, shout out to I'm having trouble reading this name because I'm illiterate. Oh, <laughs> I, uh, I can't think of anything funny because I'm not the damn comedian here, Jeff. Correct. Oh, yeah, correct. Shout out I to like Mike it. Gouts. Shout out to Lisa McCarty at Comics Book Girl. Comics with an X girl with a U. Shout out to Eskilis and his tortoise. Dr. DNA. I get to beguile. Shout out to the scene in Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt dies. Shout out to I'm never going to have a history podcast, you little shit, So stop asking. Shout out to Mackenzie. Jeff made me feel like a douche for my Albert Camus reference. So now I'm going to make him say Eddie Haskell's obvious piss fetish. Chill. Was it a, uh, were, were they talking about the stranger? What was it? I don't, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> nobody knows. Uh, it's We're past that already. Shout out okay. to Instagram and Twitter's at Bob underscore of underscore skull. Shout out to While My Chocolate Starfish Gently Weeps, Lemming Malloy, Norm from Cheers, Burrito Mouth, Dan Hackroyd. You're awesome. Keep on keeping on. Nolan, Tubi's Dark Herald says, watch a breed apart. Rutger Hauer's Eagle movie. Shout out to Itty Bitty Millie Committee Pity the Fool. And finally, Kelly says, eat the rich. They're hoarding all the blue check marks. All those wow. people paid a very small amount of money to have me say their name on this. And you can too. Head on over to patreon.com slash Jeff May uh, and sign up for that producer tier. And I will do that. That's I love that. Thank you for including me in that that sounded amazing. it's all part of it uh, it is all part of uh the process here um one of the things i noticed did you know that your uh, you must know this yeah your website when it's just a tab is just a uh lips yeah it's uh that was a you you've got some interesting glamour shots um on your your headshots that you have on here because first off the the banner on your website is you wearing uh, a, a Mary, like a Medjugorje Mary? Yeah, yeah. Um, shirt. A, it's a uh, sweat. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a sweater. I was pawning off his dress. Uh, a Raiders jacket and yes. a and a um, what what looks like a pair of uh, pinata beaters. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Or were you just like I'm a Mexican? I think that's what was happening. Was we, were doing a, we were doing a we were doing a a photo shoot for a now now defunct Latinx podcast, uh, 
And uh, yeah, so we leaned into it. I love the photos. They were uh, done by a the L.A. legend, uh, Kim Newmoney. So I got to use those photos go. as long as I can. Was that for the, <laughs> Bru the Bruja podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it was. Some lady almost sued Adam for that, you know. I was the one who discovered it. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that, that was wild. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I didn't know about whoops um, and the other one you have and i uh i think we're friends we're friends we are you've friends. been on it you've been on my other podcast you you know me and yeah. and you know that i am uh not a creep not a creep at all you have the weirdly sexiest photo of you in like a gi like uh, an yeah. undone karate gi with a sigh in your mouth yeah. Very suggestively. Yeah. And that was a, uh, that was taken by John Michael Bond, comedian and photographer, friend. Very, very talented. I saw that photo on your website and I started laughing because I was like, this is the weirdest picture. It's so funny. And Thank so you. good. And, and again, pardon the phrase, it's a very sexy photo of you looking Ding. like an idiot. The and nerdiest photo yeah, is peak nerd funny. sexy. Yeah, it's peak yeah. nerd sexy for and sure. It looks like, is it, was that in your dojo that, that it was taken? No, that's actually at the house. Uh, John Michael Bond did a series of photos of people during the pandemic, like what oh. they were doing. So it was meant to represent like during the pandemic, I leaned into like going to Zoom karate classes real hard because yeah. you could do katas, you could do like drills, you can do all kinds of stuff. And so uh, I was going like three times a week. I was so ripped. It was awesome. And it was, I was able to get back to martial arts in a way that like it, I, I it felt so fulfilling and I got my third degree and all the things. And I got COVID from karate class when we first came back, it was hot. Uh, right now we're on so many people are getting COVID that I'm like, can we just like, stay home for a couple of weeks guys? Yeah. And they're like, what? And I'm like, you're ridiculous. So, uh, there's something, and I'm sure you've noticed this in the photo, but you know, the, the reflection in the, in the window, in that photo, is, is that your roommate? Is that Brandy? Yeah, I think oh, so. No. Yeah. Cause we had taken some photos together and she has like a, there's a, a one, a, a photo where like, she has like her uh, machete that we found at the hoarder's house okay. next door. Yeah. And then like, there's pictures with her dog and stuff, but yeah. So like the photo series is kind of meant to like represent, like, what are these comedians doing to keep themselves sane in the pandemic and mine was fight invisible ninjas i don't think brandy understood she was gonna walk outside and see me practicing size which i'm very bad at by the way i'm very bad at weapons i'm like good at, with a bow staff and then after that i'm hitting my i i i broke her ceiling fan with my nunchucks of course of course you did i um <laughs> I've, so I've, <laughs> I, the pandemic for me was mostly just reading and running. Yeah. I was doing a lot of running and a lot of reading and I was going to the beach a lot. So nice. it's really just like, cause I was like kind of lost during the pandemic. And so yeah. I started doing stuff that I had always told myself, like I wasn't good at. And so I, I started to be like, you know what? I hate running. I'm going to do it every day a lot. Cause you. Yeah, I started running a lot, and that was yeah. I lost like thirty pounds over the pandemic. I miss running. I miss a runner's high. Yeah. I love a runner's high. Me now. Yeah, exactly. High though, I never got the runner's high. I always just would finish like a six mile run and be like, "Well, it's over now. You can go back to your life." <laughs> that was weird. 
<laughs> There's an episode of the the now canceled TV show Mom where everything else, every time Allison Janney encounters a feeling she doesn't like or a situation that feels awkward to her, she puts on her running shoes and runs away. And she does it in all three acts. It's a runner about running. It's amazing. Can we um, talk about that show existing for way longer than I had any clue it existed? I didn't even it, know that was a show. Also, it's a really good show. It's a Chuck Lorre show, and it's good. Yeah, it's so I, good. I think of Allison Janney as like a movie star by now, and then to be oh. like, oh yeah, but she's actually making a fortune doing a mid-level sitcom that just like that just exists in this thing, and then you're like, yeah, it has like seven seasons or something like that. It's yeah, yeah, it falls into that category of like primetime sitcoms. It's like mom the john larroquette show and cheers where it's like a really uh, like kind of great depiction of people in 12-step programs yeah that that's that's the other thing too because i was going to talk about that as well yeah you, you had mentioned previously um that you had worked in substance abuse counseling yes um, yeah you yourself you know the 12q pod that you were doing 12q pod i've been your addiction yeah yeah, I've been uh, I've been on the in the twelve step world for gosh, I turned twenty this year. Oh I God. had yeah, yeah. So I was not, I was uh, I I used from thirteen to twenty, and then um, so I just thirteen years old. Yeah, I did acid when I was thirteen. If you want to know, well, my brain's a little crazy, and I have no concept of time on stage. You gotta yeah, hit who? me with a brick. Uh, other teens, other, other, I was wondering if it was like older people or if it was younger, but we got it from the older people. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to have one weird guy who's like willing to give drug ass drugs to children. Um, but like, yeah, it, uh, and I don't regret my using. I think it got me through some of the most like difficult times of my life. My dad was dying at the time. My mom was like in and out of jails and institutions. It was a rough, I had a rough childhood. And so Jesus Christ, man. You know, and on top of that, just being like a butt, like I was also kind of a kid sometimes and I understand why. And like, yeah. you know, so it took about 10 years of my recovery to like wrestle with the trauma. I spent a lot of time running from my feelings and my grief. And then I had a sponsor tell me to go to therapy or never call her again. And really? I started going to therapy. And within three years I was doing stand up, which I don't know is a success or a failure of that therapist. But what was happening during that time, too, is that I was like, I was dealing with all this trauma stuff, but I was also dating people that kept dying. And oh, my I'm ex, sorry. like, really? Yeah, that's how like many, a real, how many? the real joke. It's like the joke is a real thing that happened. I was I was with my ex. He had a stroke when we were having sex. He did not die, but he definitely has like brain damage. Uh <laughs> Uh, shout out. He lives in Sweden. Now he's doing great. He's got a wife and a kid and he's fine. And like, I'm sure he's recovered from a lot of that, you like know, internal okay? CTA. He had something called a arterial vascular malformation, which is like a knot of veins and arteries. And when he came, when we were having sex, it, uh, ruptured. So, uh, he almost came to death. Yeah, exactly. I like that. That good. Like you gonna <laughs> die. I was, I was like, I uh, date this guy and he was we were having sex and he was like Jesus Christ my ears are ringing and my first words were I know that be that good however is there pain and vision loss because there there is we have to go to the ER right now <laughs> and he you're was like, like, you're what? like that also cares about your well-being 
it also cares about your well-being and has uh, taken a man out before. So there's that. And then I went on a date. I went on a blind date. And two days after that date, the guy died. He worked on the show. Cops got shot. And then um, was he a cop? Nope. He was a sound guy. And uh, <laughs> and then I went. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then I went on a date with another friend of mine from the program. And a month after that, he died. So I got to a point where I was in therapy. And uh, humor is the way that I learn jokes are what got me through my childhood yeah. humor my mom and drugs and drugs jokes and drugs jokes and thanks drugs. Yeah. thanks mom my mom loves stand-up by the way uh she, she yes mm-hmm. and she she also like and she would buy like like if you open the car like cd case it was mostly stand-up and like a bonnie ray album <laughs> and like the eagles like that was her vibe is like like uh george carlin Bonnie Rayet, Jeff Foxworthy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it was a very weird mix. And so, uh, so yeah, so I was in a therapy session and one of the therapists at this clinic was like, I don't know what you two are doing in therapy, but it doesn't sound like therapy because you're good. You two are laughing. And my therapist let me use humor to express myself because I, it got to a point where it was just like these people <laughs> i'm just trying to make i'm just dating so, <laughs> okay so you're, you're 20 years sober yeah which is an incredible feat but yeah you also picked the worst career path <laughs> for somebody who struggles with addiction or has struggled i don't know if the if the yeah. 20 years i'm i don't know if if like that muscle has just turned off at this point no. in time but like for those of you that are not aware and 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 for a little bit of a peek behind the curtain comedians have got to be the most damaged group of people and the most substance abusey group of people per capita in any career i've ever seen yeah, we got a real, to quote my sponsor, the last time I did the steps with her, we were doing what's called a fourth and fifth step, which is your inventory step. You talk about uh, what you, you know, where your resentments are and what your part is. And she said, and I quote, I, I don't mean to diminish your part in any of this, but I do have to say these comedians and the people who work in entertainment are some of the sickest motherfuckers. I think you've ever encountered and you worked in treatment. <laughs> no. but so, like, it's, so, so the question is, is that, is that why is it hard? Is it hard to do all these festivals when people are drinking and, and doing drugs? And it was at first, I, especially festivals, cause I'm out of my element. Um, I'm traveling. I get, I, I, at the time was very anxious. I, I started having panic attacks on stage and had to um, get on get on the old Zoloffs and then stopped having panic attacks on stage, which is oh, great. Nice. I I did have almost one recently in Denver at a club, but I was pretty good. I was like, I was able to talk my way through it and ask for some, ask for an emotional support dork and uh, just like, hey, if I have to run off stage to throw up, I need you to just be here. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't. In a way that like my program friends, they're like, it's funny watching your stand-up because you just talk like that. That's just like who you are. You speak Mm -hmm. in, I had a comedian tell me I speak in punchlines and I I don't know. I, so on the one hand, the, the craft of stand-up is a very strong calling to me. I don't think that there's really any other drug in the world that feels as good as killing. Like, like, pretty good. Yeah. 
like just to and you're not even like you're not even saying your jokes like the way that you've scripted it in your mind you're so present you're so interactive everything and it's just like everything you do on yeah you're just on and it feels so good but i will say that the addiction addiction for me is not about the substance it's about the obsessive compulsive behaviors of using drugs Mm -hmm. and so you can apply that to anything that feels good and in my first two years, one of the reasons why I was just like grinding as hard as I was, is I was treating it like the hustle of getting drugs. Yeah. I was going just like, get the next hit, get the next hit, get the next hit. And it was kind of making me a dick. It was making me an ass because I wasn't prioritizing. I have to have a counterbalance. So it's like, if you're working in entertainment or you're just like working in a really competitive field, I recommend like, re- never forget that pro athletes open charities for a reason. Like have a moment where you go and you feed a homeless person or you maybe go learn pottery or go a lot of, I know a lot of comedians that volunteer their time tutoring children out of like a bus in downtown and like on skid row, like go do something outside of yourself to be of service to the people around you. Uh, so you're not just feeding that beast, but yeah, stand up, sex, food, anime, exercise, karate, weightlifting, I don't like, I don't do anything a little bit. I do everything like it's a bag. And so I have to remember that like, yeah, it's a standup. Standup was a choice and I love it. I don't regret it, but I think on paper, it looks really insane. <laughs> and it, it is, is, it is, insane. it is. Yeah. It's, it was an insane thing to do. It was an insane thing to do too about teaching. Like yeah. people really want to get that tenure. And I imagine you're an excellent teacher. I, I imagine Mr. Jeff is the best teacher on campus. <laughs> Mr. May did okay. Uh, but you know, it was, I just wasn't, that wasn't where I needed to be. God. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I and well, my and whole twenties, I gave the entirety of my twenties to teaching. Um, right. Right. And as much as I love having piss thrown at me and people reminding me that in and out employees make more than I do, uh, they loved that one. They were like, just so you know, I don't know why you take this so seriously in and out employees make more than you do. And yeah. I'm like, you're right. You're right. Yeah. They yeah. need to pay people to babysit adults equitably. I I agree. Anna, we have to we have to get moving soon, but I'm going to keep soon. you here. I'm going to keep you here. We're going to we're going to wind down the regular episode, but we are going to have bonus content. Uh, I love it. We're going to do that. Um, but before that, uh, Anna, what should people be on the lookout for? What 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 projects should we look into? What what what? Okay. Tell me how we can get more for you. We can get obviously at Anna V is funny on social media is that correct all the things yeah i changed it to anna v is funny if it comes up if you find me under anna v is fun those are old social media handles because i did not have the confidence to call myself funny at first and then i was like you know what new pandemic new you you know what i mean just put it in there uh so it's anna v is funny on all social media my website is annavalenzuela.com and jeff uh, can confirm that I am doing my best to update it. Uh, and it's not great, but also, uh, okay, you know what, uh, desktop and, uh, phone it's different photos on the website. I need help. I need somebody. If you know how to work Squarespace or work for Squarespace, help me. I will pay you something. I'm not rich. I'll pay you something. <laughs> Uh, I'll make, maybe I'll make you something. I'm very good at, at cooking. And then, uh, yeah, you can, uh, find me, on the road doing stuff. I'm, I'm going to be, I've been yelling about this for like years, but this is year I got to put the album out. I am so f- tired of some of my jokes and never want to tell them again. And uh, so I got to put them on an album. 
Uh, it's going to be tricky because I'm also getting a hysterectomy this year, which is going to put me on my back for about 12 weeks. That's hysterical. Hysterical histos. Maybe that's the new podcast. And you can also... Uh, I have the rectical. That's a pretty great Hyster- name for. Oh, hysterectical. That might be album number two. It's like there's this whole arc of like everything that's happened. I've written jokes about it the entire time as my body has betrayed me from the up. There is um, also my old podcast in, and I will be bringing it back as seasons. Uh, 12 questions. You can find it here on the Unpops Network. Listen as long as you here can, because I'm going to I'm about over on the Unpops Network. On top of where I I'm gonna call some episodes. Uh, so listen to the weird backlog where I try to talk to roast battle people about not being the worst. Uh, sometimes. So if you want to get in there and listen to some real awkward combos, uh, hop in. It gets odd. Um, and uh, yeah. So check all that stuff out. And again, follow me. Uh, I'll put up clips. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying, man. I'm also tired. <laughs> if you guys have a chance to see Anna Valenzuela live, you should. It's such a great experience. Great energy. Really Aww. funny. You're you're very very talented. Thank uh, you. Uh, your 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 new your new arc that you're going through in life right now, I think, is fantastic. Uh, I'm very very Thank happy you. for you. Same. The success, and I'm glad that I got to spend some time with you. Spend a little bit more after the show. But for those of you that are listening, maybe you're listening for the first time. Thank you. Uh, I have lots of other shows. If you want to head on over to patreon.com slash Jeff May, if you're already a member of the Patreon, thank you. I like you more than everyone else. Um, and if you want to be one of those people I like more, head on over to patreon.com slash Jeff May. You get early access to uncensored episodes with bonus content of this show. You also get access to the monthly UG Fine. We have a podcast with Kim Crawl. Uh, <laughs> well, I read that when which, you put it up on social media. And I was like, UG Fine, we have a pod. And I haven't laughed that hard in a minute. It's because she harassed. <laughs> me for like a very long time to do a podcast so finally i was like oh fine we have a podcast let's just do it so that's why it's named that uh it's very very funny we get into fights all the time you can also get access to nerd with dre alvarez which you can also get for free on the jeff has cool friends uh channel but you know you get it you get access to it with yeah uh, I got lots of other stuff that's coming on there. We've we've been doing a lot more. Uh, I'm trying to build up the Patreon a little bit more. My YouTube is being built up more, uh, which uh, is probably YouTube. Hey there, Jeffro, along with all my social media. Uh, I'm starting that. These episodes are starting to go up on uh, on YouTube, obviously not with that. And I'll, also, I want to shout out Dre Alvarez for helping me with my YouTube. This dude is uh, saving my life. Um, you can also hear Tom and Jeff watch Batman on the game fully unemployed and on the unpopular opinion network. You can hear both unpops and you don't even like sports, a sports podcast for people who don't like sports. If you want to see me live second Friday of every month at blast from the past on beautiful Magnolia in Burbank, California mint on card. Yeah. I'm, I'm can I promote you a little bit? If you want to in the middle of my promotion, yeah, go for it. Yes, here's the deal, guys, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to interrupt, but we were talking about this before the pod and and Jeff was like, please say that. No offense, but this is, you can edit that part out if you want it to sound more organic, but here's the deal. I, people ask me one of my day jobs, like Rivers Langley from the, uh, from, uh, goods from the woods, goods from the woods. uh, he, uh, got, he got me into doing tour guide work during, uh, uh, during my uterus troubles, which was great because it was like I could pick my schedule, the things, right? Yep. And um, people ask me from all over the world, where should I go to see comedy? 
And a lot of times it's families of all ages. And so I can't immediately say like, oh, so-and-so's at this club this weekend, blah, blah, blah. But also I will like, if you want to have like the unique LA comedy experience, let me see if my friend Jeff is having his show admit on card in Burbank because it's all ages. You could totally go. They have raffles. It's super fun. You're going to see comedians that are going to be that are at the clubs and you're going to see them in an intimate and amazing environment with no cover and an amazing taco truck out front. Like I and I'm like, it's easy to park. I really sell the experience. So do you want to know what we did? Like why we why it why it is that way? Like what the plan was? No, what was that? So when we started the plan, Lisa and I came up with the idea and the the theory behind it was, I said, we can get a lot of people coming here if we make a show that every comedian wants to do. And that was how we started it because obviously comedians want stage time, but if you treat comedians well, then yes. you get prestige. And Absolutely. so what we did is we, we create like a green room in the back. We make sure that it's a non-cover charge show that we pay comedians for mm-hmm. and we we try to do like we treat we try to like the goal was to treat comedians like gold and then the result from that is positive experiences and people seem to like that so it's it's the show that when i get to do it my program friends come out to see because they uh, don't want to go to a oh, bar yeah, it's dry yeah there's no bar. yeah it's dry and they have a great time and uh i love that you're always like there's this great taco truck and then i eat so many beautiful snacks at least was provided and the green room that i like forget to eat the taco truck and like it's always the best so yeah. if you are in the burbank or the la area if you're traveling to la and it happens to line up or you're seeking to do like meet your favorite comedians and podcasters get the f- out here yeah, and go yeah. to mint on card because it's a great show and that i organically promote oh, amongst yeah, my life like in my life so i would so take i would take my family to that show if that's- you are a patron that's this week the 10th uh yes! if you are not a patron it was last week the 10th um but uh the next show uh next month will be march 10th as well and we've got a great lineup on that one including so todd brown um coming back out of his uh self-imposed uh out of stand-up uh retirement can we talk about his set last night for a that second he crushed after he... three years of not performing yeah i and that bit i don't want to ruin it for anybody but he's got his new material is He's so he has it's so crazy because he's so subversive. But I said I was like, I could see that bit on late night. And he said, yeah, because any late night booker is going to let me say Ronald Reagan. And I was like, "Okay, you're right. But like, but also, yeah, but also like he's so he's such a good comedian. If he quits for another sustained period of time, I'm actually going to punt him into the sun. We had people. Jason, uh, Jason Jackson drove from Arizona to come to that show. Jason. And I was at dinner before that. Lisa and I had gone to dinner and he was like, we were actually at the restaurant you were at. We were going to say something, but we didn't want to interrupt your meal. And I was like, oh, I'm incredibly vain. I would have absolutely loved if you had done that. If, if you were at that show last night, one of the things I kicked myself for, uh, and there were many things I kicked myself for. Uh, as I didn't bring my merch. So if you were at that show last night and you DM me, the bands all brought merch and we didn't, I know we forgot DM me and I will send you, uh, some stickers, uh, for coming out to the show and for supporting the unpops fam. 
Because that's you know what incredible. guys get those from Anna anyway. Uh, find her, DM her. Uh, we're not famous enough to not look in our DMs, so that's fun. It's true. We will um, see. But yeah, so you can do that. And then also, if you are in the New England area, come see me Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, March twenty second. No, we're in February. February twenty second uh, at Redemption Rock Brewery in Western Massachusetts. That is my as of right now the only show I will be performing in New England at all this year. Um, so that's a good one. I tried to keep the tickets pretty low. I think even after all the fees, they're under 20 bucks. Uh, and that is, you know, it's, it's local and I'm home. So come see me, come say hi. Uh, you know, if you're a patron, come definitely say hi. I'll probably give you something extra for that. Uh, but yeah, so Wednesday, the 22nd at Redemption Rock Brewery, and you can go to at Hey There Jeff Rowan, any social media for access to those tickets. Um, I will see you all in two weeks. Uh, and uh, Anna, we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk for a second. Bye, so, everyone. Bye. Say bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. I'm not a I'm not a turf. I'm not a racist, and I promise you, I'm not pro pedophile. He's <laughs> all those things. Uh, <laughs> bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Our Artwork is created by Justin T. Brown, who can be found at Artness by Justin Brown on Instagram, as well as artnessbyjustinbrown.com. That dope music you heard is by Troy Nababon, available at Troy Nababon on Instagram, as well as at troynababon.com. Nababon is spelled N-A-B-A-B-A-N, and boy, does that shred. Thank you all so much for listening. See you next time.